Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. So far you've seen two views at the budget. One from an external point of view outside of India. One of an actual dissection by Professor R. Vaidyanathan. This is episode three on the political aspect of this budget. And tomorrow we're going to have one more by Dr. M.R. Venkatesh, where we are going to talk about some more details as more details emerge, because it's a pretty big document. Now let us welcome Sri Shekhar Ayerji, who has uh, you know, kindly committed to join us on this special time. Shekhar Ji, Namaskar and welcome to P. Guru's channel. Namaskar. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. And greetings to all your viewers. Thank you, sir. And we have kind of watched this thing pretty hard so far. And the third one now is more like one step back and look at the political impact of this particular budget. Uh, I would like to, you know, leave the Maidan fairly open for you to weigh in. Uh, first of all, you can go back and look at the history of budgets on the year before elections. If this one is similar to the ones before, and if it is different, in what way? Please take it away, sir. Well, sir, uh, you know, uh, the one thing about uh, um, Prime Minister Modi is no matter how much pressure is on him, you know, whether the elections are there, there are nine SM elections this year, or the Lok Sabha elections of 2024, when it comes to too much of pressure on him, what I, I mean, I, I've seen that the, what he does is he resists to the core. And there was a lot of pressure on him that he must come with more populistic uh, you know, measures in the sense, spend more money for the sake of influencing voters, impressing voters, rather splurge. This is what most governments have done, particularly in the last year. You know, uh, we have seen it in the two terms of the UPA, even in the previous governments, because that's the way and that has been a way of, you know, uh, more kind of doles rather than doing something, you know, spending money for something concrete. And this year, Many thought because of the pressure, because of, you know, storm over what's happening to Adani Enterprises, you know, after the BBC documentary, and uh, also the fact that, you know, in another uh, two weeks, uh, the, the BJP faces challenge in Tripura, then by end of this month, there are two more states going to polls in Northeast. So everybody expected that this would be a budget where there would be a lot of giveaways. But what I can see from the takeaways that the prime minister has ensured that his government rather sticks to physical, you know, prudence. And also there is complete no to populism. Yes, there are, there are new areas of spending. There are new areas, new, new policies, tweaks and all that. But all those are not exactly that can win votes. Rather, they are towards creating those assets or those things that are necessary for the future. In the sense, the, the voter cannot get anything immediately. And even if you look at that income tax, uh, you know, uh, changes in the slab and the rates, that is also, there is a, the, the carrot is that you have to move to the new regime, the new income tax regime. You know, uh, the, the, the new income tax regime, you know, where you don't get take benefit of any social welfare uh, or security, safety net, by way of insurance, health insurance, and all that. You straight away, you know, declare your income and pay what comes in that bracket. Don't take any exemptions, apart from the standard deduction. Now, but what has happened is, in the new tax regime, you know, up to 7 lakhs, it is free. And if you are learning up to 9 lakhs, 
you know, whether, I mean, it means if you're uh, earning about, say, 50,000 rupees a month, there is not much of a, a, a burden. But so uh, what, what we are seeing is even income tax changes, which have made uh, big headlines, they, they, uh, there is, uh, you know, there is a uh, you know, stick there. I mean, you have to, there is a condition. You have to move to the new tax regime, which anyway, the government is very keen. People, more and more people switch on to the, uh, of course, there, there is a choice. You can continue with the old tax regime, but then these new rates would not apply. Now, apart from that, what I can see is the focus is on, as your uh, previous panelists would have told you, the focus is on higher capital expenditure in the hope that private sector will be, you know, in the eventually persuaded to also join hands with the government and, you know, spend more money on projects, you know, borrow and uh, spend more so that that's the way you can create jobs, you can create, uh, you know, some kind of a growth, a growth that is linked to creation of assets rather than a growth which you know, where the government goes on spending just to please people belonging to different categories. So that is there. And also what we are seeing is, uh, yes, there, I mean, people will say that, you know, announcement of 5,000 crore for the drought hit Karnataka, you know, special projects. That's a kind of uh, intended to, you know, woo waters in Karnataka. Or for instance, the kind of, uh, uh, the, the you know, kind of, uh, I would say, not exactly, uh, but a goodwill gesture towards the cooperatives, particularly in Maharashtra, you know, they have had the problems, they have had litigation uh, with the income tax department, which had actually, I mean, they owe more than 10,000 crore to income tax department because income tax, IT took the view that whatever you are paying the farmer for the sugar cane, you know, the higher price is not exactly, uh, and, and, and the process, the money that goes to the farmer is not exactly, it's an income. It's not a subsidy. You know, that has been settled. That should please a lot of cooperatives which are politically very influential in a state like Maharashtra or in Gujarat or in states where the cooperative sector is very active. I think that's that that that's that that has a political angle. And then cooperatives will get money for computerization of their records. And they can also expand into other areas like uh, warehousing, which is to create cold storage facilities, you know, down the line. You know, that, that's again cooperative, uh, you know, the, 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 the kind of relief that is being given to cooperative sector. Well, that could be considered political. But beyond that, and even, you know, uh, the drought in Karnataka, because already you have Siddharamaya, the Congress leader saying that, uh, you know, what is basically you have to sanction the upper uh, Badra project, which costs more than 23,000 crores. But what you are giving is only 5,300 crores. So therefore, this is nothing. These are, you know, peanuts. So you can all you can see that even reaction for these projects are here. But many expected that this year being an election year with the nine assembly elections, you know the Kisan Nidhi, you know where uh, they give six thousand rupees a year, you know as for post harvest expenses, uh, there was pressure to increase it to eight thousand rupees. But that has not happened uh, this year. Rather, the uh, outlay on Manrega, you know, that uh, the guaranteed 100 days of uh, uh, wages for people, uh, particularly in the rural areas who do not have jobs, that allocation has actually been, you know, has been cut down. And th there is a lot of criticism. But the government's answer is, this is a demand-based scheme. If there are more people, by law, the government has to provide them those wages. 
But if people are, instead of just waiting for those 100 days of wages, if people are moving and finding work where capital expenditure by the government is causing, uh, you know, work opportunities to work in projects on highways, on railway projects, then, then why should the, you know, the government uh, just keep the allocation just for the sake of headlines? This is the argument we are getting as far as Manrega is concerned. There, there has been cut in, um, you know, food subsidy expenses because uh, they have merged two schemes uh, that was made, uh, you know, under the National Food Security Act. They are going to provide 10 kilograms of uh, rice wheat that totally free of cost to all the ration card holders. They have done away with the previous Garib Kalyan Yojana. So they have saved some money there. And because of uh, the way they have handled the fertilizer, cost of imported fertilizer, you know, following the Ukraine-Russia uh, conflict. That has also enabled them to save some money. So there are areas where the opposition says, you are cutting down on fertilizer subsidy, you are cutting down on uh, Manrega projects. This goes to show you are anti-poor. But the government argument is, these are all demand based. There is no question of any, uh, any section of the poor being hurt by these things. So what I see is, this, there are, of course, the other areas where the, the expenses have been announced, the expenditures have been announced. Those are the areas where Modi strongly feels election or no election. These are areas one must create assets, one must reskill people, one must provide uh, new opportunities uh, in areas like, say, animal husbandry, dairy farming, fisheries. So, I mean, these are all ongoing things. I mean, the, these are not big time ticket, uh, ticket announcements in this election. I mean, in this budget, rather they are, they are an ongoing thing. We have seen this happening since the you know, COVID thing. Therefore, this is a bold in the sense that prime minister has refused to buckle under political pressure. Thank you so much, uh, Shekhar Ji. I have a few questions. First off, uh, we're going to show you uh, a quick picture of the depiction of how people are suing, looking at this budget. Can we have the graphic, please? They say that the speech sounds very clean, but when they start looking at the fine print, it's got a lot of nuances. Uh, I think some of them you touched upon, for instance, Manrega is not guaranteed. If you happen to be working, then you don't get Manrega. That's a good move, the brave move. Likewise, you also said that you have streamlined, they have streamlined the uh, food grain distribution system. It's all under one. The most important thing in all these things, how does one check that there are no duplicates, sir? I mean, duplicates in the sense, if you mean expenditure uh, being uh, on two... No, 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 very simple, sir. Very, very simple. Let me phrase the question slightly differently. What I mean by duplicate is, suddenly people find out that the same person has two other cards or two ration cards. It happens. No, that is That's why they have linked it. No, so the whole problem is they have linked the bank accounts with other cards. So yes. you can't have two bank accounts under two different names with the same Aadhaar card. See, the Jandan Yojana is Aadhaar card based. Most all the schemes of the government are Aadhaar based. So you you cannot gen and also PAN number, you know, wherever applicable. So th th that is why this was heavily resisted. Where very people who felt that this is going to check a lot of irregularities in the name of you know violation of the privacy. Yes. So we, we, the matter went up to the Supreme Court. And uh, Aadhaar, Aadhaar card is, is, is on the basis of which these welfare schemes are taking place. And wherever possible, they have ensured that, uh, particularly that lot of duplication is avoided as far as beneficiaries are concerned. So even this talk of you know, ration cards, one nation, one card, 
so you, so that you don't have too many duplicate cards rather you can have one card and you don't have to fear taking it to any other place and pick the uh, ration that is available that, that sir a lot of it has, you know the last uh, uh, i would say since 20 i mean from 2016 2017 onward they have taken measures to plug these leakages but i am not saying that in the in this year itself that there won't be further measures to impress upon voters that i do not rule it out or you could also see the next year's budget though it may be a interim budget the government could still come with promises to voters maybe they have taken a call to postpone it but the fact that there was so much of pressure and nine assembly elections and the prime minister has shown his typical nature of not you know buckling under pressure and carrying on with whatever they are sort out and their confidence is that eventually they will be able to you know ride out that storm the political or economic storm of course today p chidambaram the former finance minister said you have not explained to the people how you are going to face in case the recession which is already showing signs in the west becomes real what happens if the ukraine conflict escalates and you are not able to control the fuel prices and we end up paying a lot more you know there are rather lot of ifs but the government's confidence comes from the fact that as of now as things obtain this is the scenario that we are bracing ourselves for it's quite possible that which they are not disclosing they could have made some contingency uh, plans but i think because the argument that is given in this uh, today i uh, i noticed the ministers also saying that look if there is a demand there can always always there be a room for fresh allocation these are not cast in stone if we have allocated certain uh, uh, a few thousand crores for a particular thing but a lot of expenditure this additional uh, increase in you know cap uh, capex is a large bulk of it will go to the railways and to the roads and railways are seeing a lot of changes apart from you know introduction of new trains you know uh, i mean change of rolling stock new locomotives and then you know replacement of old tracks and to create corridors you know both freight corridors as well as uh, speed trains there are a lot of things happening and those which the government believes can uh, is creating jobs thank you sir and uh, viewers if you have any questions to ask of shekhar ji you can do so with the hashtag #askshekhar and we'll we'll try to accommodate your questions shekhar ji is this the first time you are seeing a prime minister not look at look over his shoulder or look up front heads up and see that oops next year is going to be an election year um i i don't want to, i need to make sure that i come back uh, how does this compare with the previous budget let us say of the last budget of pichidambaram himself in 2013 sir under united progressive alliance the congress party was under pressure from alliance partners you know whether it was the railway budget or even the general budget they were constantly under pressure to you know give some concession or the other for the sake of coalition the, the, but this is a government which has a command's majority this is a government that has a person like narendra modi who who need not have to you know uh, uh, to accommodate the pressures of the allies yes there is a national democratic alliance but that alliance has bjp as the principal pole with enough numbers so one there is no challenge in terms of to the stability of the government so that you have to constantly accommodate 
This is not something which the Congress enjoyed in both UPA 1 and UPA 2 or in previous arrangements where you had Prime Ministers like Devagoda or you had IK Gujral, you know, where the coalition partners, you know, right from allocation of portfolios to, to allocation of money for various uh, budget heads, there was a lot of pressure and invariably the Congress party used to succumb for the sake of peace among the coalition partners. And we have seen this happen even in states where Congress is headed coalition. But this is a new era where, sir, for every you know uh, expenditure that has been announced today, you can see a logic, you can see a reasoning, and with the belief that this is going. So the the, the charge the opposition is making is that you have not done anything for un unemployment, you have not done anything to contain inflation, sir. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is. Rahul Gandhi just finished the Bharat Jodo Yatra, where he kept saying that this, this is a government for the rich Ambani's and Adani's, that has not done anything. Despite the Yatra getting the kind of traction it got, and despite Rahul Gandhi, the grand finale amid snowfall in Srinagar, attacking this government, still, Prime Minister did not feel any pressure or any obligation to just do something so that the Congress criticism is somehow answered. Rather, they have taken head-on, which means they are going to go to the polls with this budget and, and what they are focusing is more on women welfare, more in women empowerment, which is a very important element of this budget. And also, so for tribals, you know, the, this is a point I forgot to mention, in terms of the villages which are the most vulnerable tribals. Now, this is important because you have elections in Nagaland and Meghalaya the, uh, this month. So, there again, you see that there are measures, but those measures again, in terms of recruitment of teachers, in, ter in terms of providing schools, you know, better school facilities, more of again creating assets rather than some you know immediate doles. So that Modi has succeeded in showing that he still believes in you know that one must resist this revenue culture, the culture of freebies. Thank you, sir. And uh, one one observation uh, that I would like to make is it takes a lot of courage to do what he has done, but there is a subliminal message underneath the, the, the river. And that is that if you vote for BJP, we will do what it takes to try and make governance the number one and not number one issue and not things like, you know, trying to appease your coalition partner. Because it is my contention, I could be wrong, sir, that if BJP loses in Karnataka, which is the one that perhaps it is most vulnerable, that it will be a coalition again of JDS and Congress, whichever one decides to be the chief minister, we have to wait and see. Now, again, the same coalition things will come. Do you think the erudite people of Karnataka will take that subliminal message when they go to polls? Well, th this is something that the prime minister would like to try it out. You know, he says, okay, now the Congress has already Priyanka went to Bangalore. She promised uh, 1500 rupees to the women folks at home, like the DMK had done, or like the where TRS or BRS is doing in Telangana. But here, I think, despite pressure from the party also, within the BJP also, there is a, you know, there is fear. Why not we also do something after do particularly the, the Himachal? Yeah. yeah, after what happened in Himachal. So there is pressure. At the same time, I think what we are seeing in Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman's budget is that we will spend money 
in areas where we have to and that money we will look at you know that's a value for money kind of approach where if you are spending so much what we are getting as a, a big question that is being asked by the opposition is whatever happened to the bjp's promise of doubling farmers income here this in this uh, budget there is a lot of uh, you know uh, indication towards spending money for agriculture research more you know creating more uh, you know agri- they have in fact created a, they are going to create a new fund what is called uh, ag- ag- agriculture accelerator fund you know to to uh, ensure that there is more investment in agriculture sector but as we discussed in the last ep- episode it's it's again till if you really want to double farmers income you will have to revisit the farmers bill there is no doubt about it till then you can you know spend money the government can spend money at least i mean through cooperatives or encourage more farmer producer councils but if you really want big ticket changes you will have to look at it and that will not happen before 2024 lok sabha elections that is that is my considered opinion thank you so much sir and now let's take some questions please prakash kr wants to know sir do you think the implementation of schemes is facing a lot of bottlenecks forced by states as well as bureaucracy well there is a law of entropy at work i mean no doubt about it that's why you had the prime minister himself sitting every month uh, in an exercise called the pragati scheme you know where he reviews the cabinet decisions taken uh, the, the the pace of implementation in the states the bottlenecks being faced by the states and here too you know in the budget also it has been said that there is a lot of uh, i would say a characteristic policy when it comes to states like the states have been told if they want in in future whenever they go for public borrowing you know the permission for borrowing would be tied up with electricity reforms this has been uh, mentioned in nirmala ji's uh, uh, you know budget uh, proposals today which means the states which have already gone populist to win elections like aam aadmi party in punjab you know they they they, they cannot hope for clearance to borrow publicly unless they are you know this was there but this has been made no more uh, pronounced in the budget that if states want to borrow money or if the states are looking for clearance for big financial assistance it, it will be linked to you know reforms particularly of the electricity sector so essentially they are trying to make sure that there are no freebies in term of like electric unit electricity units and things like that and also the discom you know the distribution see what has happened in most of the distrib- distribution companies have not been paid by the state governments if the state governments don't pay the discom company the discom companies won't pay the people who are producing power correct so it, it creates a cycle and which is a it's a very negative cycle the finally the person who produces power he is left with no funds to you know continue maintenance of his plant and uh, you know all, all that requires uh, money circulating next question please raghunandan wants to know sir i didn't see any plans on how india will be a 5 trillion economy and i didn't see any allocation of funds to research in new technology like additive manufacturing etc your views on it no i don't think so because uh, if you look at the the, the budget proposals the allocations have been made for artificial intelligence allocations have been made for in the medical sector for medical research pharma research i mean these are the frontier areas of research where 
the, there is encouragement uh, to go in for a for a public private partnership kind of uh, projects uh, next question please ragwan wants to know it's fabulous that a huge allocation is made for railways and other infra with the constant chinese threats do you think sufficient allocation has been done for defense i think 11% or something like that yes defense defense expenditure has gone up defense expenditure has definitely gone up and i think money would not be constrained when it comes to meeting the defense requirements if a situation warrants that allocations will have to be you know further high they would be done and the government would come to parliament with supplementary demands for grants i mean this has happened before can happen again and well, the, the, that, sorry sorry please finish your thought no i i don't think we need to worry about that thing and uh, because the the railway part and the roadways part uh, and along with you know construction of bridges and connecting the uh, different states particularly backward regions backward districts which are now termed as aspirational districts the whole idea is is a model that was followed in america also we saw in those years when america was recovering from the depression they they did lot of highway construction which led to you know the restocking growth so similarly the idea is that since the private sector is still very shy as today i i was watching one television debate one panelist mentioned you have heard of labor strike but in india you have the capitalist strike you know, the, the 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 capital is refusing to go into areas wait still waiting for a good opportunity to borrow money and get into projects but, but the government's message is look we are we are getting in we are putting in money so you also follow suit and the government's hope is ultimately ultimately the private sector will sir overall i, I think there is another important uh, dimension you know maintaining the fiscal you know the, the deficit that's a very big thing because if the if the government were to go for lot of freebies and go for public borrowing obviously the interest rates would go up and that would if the interest rate goes up the goes up the private sector would again be you know forced to sit down so they have avoided this by you know keeping the fiscal the deficit within the limit they had set and their hope is once the growth process starts the difficult the, the the fiscal deficit will further come down this is their hope well, and let, confidence let's look at a graphic that has been presented as part of the um, you know budget this is from the document itself so you can see ministry of defense has got 5.95 lakh crores ministry of road transport and highways has 2.70 so defense is getting the pride of place it's a lot of money being spent in view of the fact that india is facing a two and a half uh, front war possibly so thank you for putting up that uh, we have a few more questions nishant kumar wants to know looking at the budget will it be safe to presume that the pm is confident of coming back to power in 2024 absolutely i think so because i already hear that prime minister is working on uh, you know uh, some projects that will be taken up after 2024 i hear from his close aides that he has listed out areas where uh, you know it may not be possible to take some steps before the elections but definitely he has some plans ahead sir even today if you look at the opinion polls that were recently published in in, a, in what is considered a, uh, not the best of situation for the bjp the figures are something like 284 when the halfway mark in our parliament is 272 and i believe normally the the pollsters try to reduce the you know projections if it is bjp the fear that you know they are not branded as you know uh, the bucks who are doing surveys to boost the pm's image 
So invariably, the polls try to reduce the figures. And if once BJP starts winning elections, then they will come with a figure saying that, oh, they are going to surpass what they won the last time. This has happened in state elections also. Initially, poll surveys show a lower figure. Then gradually, as the, the poll dates near, they will give a different figure. Sir, I think Prime Minister confidence comes from two reasons. He believes that eight years of his government's work and, and which he wants his ministers to go and you know, actually to constituencies and explain to the people what his government has done. That is one. Second thing he believes, whatever steps has been taken, honestly, they are intended to really create growth, create jobs, create a, I mean, and also create a world-class infrastructure and, and leave India in a better situation in the next 25 years, whether it is medical uh, sector, whether it is pharma sector, manufacturing sector. I mean, he believes in that. That's why you heard him tell parliamentarians the other day, you know, the BJP members of parliament, you have to go ahead and don't get into unnecessary controversies. People are not going to vote on the basis of what you think of the color of uh, bikini of uh, Deepika Padukone should be. He said it in this last uh, address to the, British, uh, I mean, the BJP parliamentary party. So the prime minister is confident that people know that this government does not just spend money to win votes. The others can promise anything. Sir, even particularly the worrying aspect is this old pension scheme. Even here, the other day, Devendra Padnavis, Maharashtra Deputy Chief Minister, you know, when he was asked about this pension scheme and all, he said, look, we are not against re revisiting the old pension scheme. But then a lot of money is involved and we'll have to see how to go about it. Because that was also intended because the Mumbai um, elections are coming. Your uh, civic elections are due. But I think the Prime Minister eventually is not in a mood and that, that's the message he has always given that populism doesn't help and we, I have to prove that good economics is also good politics. Last question, I think. Um, Santosh Bandur wants to know, education says should go. It's just unnecessary surcharge and tax. What are your thoughts? Well, they have not uh, touched on any of those uh, cess uh, this time. And in fact, the, they have increased allocation for education sector this time. And uh, <clears throat> the, because of the new education policy, they, they want, the government wants that uh, more and more uh, schools should come up in those backward districts particularly. And existing schools should be provided with more modern facilities, with computers. And, and, and they are very keen, the, you know, the, the spread of knowledge through digitalization you know we, we, we just saw in the budget uh, today uh, nirmala sitaraman speaking of encouraging libraries you know particularly the district libraries even panchayat level libraries to go for digitalization or providing digital uh, gadgets for their uh, uh, children particularly so we can see that in terms of education i don't see any quick uh, uh, i mean scope for a reduction in cess well, last question. Uh, Naveen Mavi wants to know, what about bracket creep and the slab being hoodwinking salaried middle class? As, I, as we discussed in the beginning, they have made it very clear. If you want all these relief, you know, if you want your 7 lakh rupees income, then you have to move to the new tax regime. If you want to stay in the old where you claim uh, for your home loan, you claim for your health, uh, you know, uh, for your health insurance, or for your children's education, you know, these are one which allow for some deductions in the taxable income. 
If you want all that, then these are not available. But sir, today's uh, announcement, I mean, today's proposals, I would say, they are, they are covering two sectors, I mean, two segments of our population. One is these very young people who have just joined, you know, uh, young uh, ones who, are, who have just joined the workforce, who are young and they get 40 to 50,000 rupees a month. Now, they are going to have extra money on their hands. I mean, th this is one uh, area. The other area is the super rich. The, the whole idea of reducing the tax for the super rich is also to ensure that, look, you, you can plow your money here itself. The whole idea is these. The, 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 uh, I see a pattern, uh, Shri Yerji, in all this. Uh, you know, even in creation of foreign universities in India, you know, allowing foreign, basically let the rich, instead of sending their kids abroad, they can, uh, you know, get them uh, avail of the education of the foreign university here in India. So that that money is here and that helps boost our economy. That seems to be a broad philosophical idea. Of course, those who wish to send their children abroad would prefer that. But like you see, American universities, the Ivy League universities opening shops in, uh, say, Abu Dhabi or in Saudi Arabia or Oman or uh, Qatar. So India is looking at that kind of thing. And the government is very keen that let, let things become more stable. Let the tax regime be stable. Let it be very clear. This is your income. And this is the tax you pay. And rest is yours. So eventually, I think there is an encouragement to go for new tax regime. And the youngsters may opt for it. And the other big thing for senior citizens, you know, they can up to 30 lakhs, you know, they can invest. Well, previously, it was a 15 lakh cap was there. So that's also something that should make a lot of retired people who have just retired or retiring with, you know, with their graduate and other pensionary benefits to invest, uh, to invest for the future. Well, that brings us to a close of today's session. What a fascinating viewpoint here. And viewers, I hope you are enriched by it as much as I was. Thank you very much, Shekharji. And we'll be back again with Shekharji on Saturday when we look at the political landscape. By that time, we would get some feedback also on how this has played out with the various parties as well as with the people. Namaskar, sir. We'll see you again very soon. Thank you very much.